Welcome, my romance friends, to Confessions of a Closet Romantic, your little shame-free romantic recess where we gush together over the best romantic TV shows, rom-coms, movies, and books on a different theme each episode. This is Poppy, and in this episode, let's celebrate year-round holiday magic. If you're a longtime listener, you know that I grew up in a Catholic family. There was no greater time for Catholic ritual and high church than the Christmas holidays. Imagine a darkened church filled with candlelight, casting shadows over the Gothic architecture. The smell of incense and the sound of beautiful chanting and ancient carols. Vestments sewn with gold thread and gold-plated candelabra and chalices. It's solemn but also joyful. My late Jewish friend Amelia loved to come to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve with me just to experience the drama of it all. So it's no surprise that I love a deep, spiritual, philosophical Christmas movie like The Bishop's Wife. It mostly takes place at a rectory, or in this case, a bishop's house, with a glorious wide entry hall and wood paneling everywhere. This film opened in 1947, not long after the war, and it was remade decades later as The Preacher's Wife with Whitney Houston, but I much prefer the classic version because it features Cary Grant as an angel. Cary Grant as an angel, romance friends. The Bishop's Wife is the story of Henry Brom, a troubled, anxious bishop played by David Niven, who moves from the poorer side of town to lead a more, hmm, upscale congregation. But his ego gets activated by the move and he decides to try to build a grand new cathedral and struggles to raise money for the project. He gets so distracted by this earthly goal, he neglects his relationship with his wife, Julia, played by Loretta Young, his little daughter, and the entire congregation. Julia, you knew that Mrs. Hamilton and the others were expected here for the meeting this afternoon. I know, Henry. I'm sorry I was late. What a ghastly afternoon. What a ghastly woman. And I trust she understood that I have no intention of being strangled by her purse strings. Oh, she did, and I was proud of you. I had a most unchristian impulse to take those blueprints and give her a good whack over the mink coat. I thought you stood up to her magnificently. I appreciate your appreciation, but what about my cathedral? May I make a suggestion, Henry? Why not postpone the cathedral? At least forget about it until after Christmas. Impossible. House of God can't just be put off. This cathedral must rise. Plenty of other rich people in this town, and if I had to enlist their financial enthusiasm, then I shall have to take advantage of their yuletide spirit. Oh, I can see it all now. The McWithers, the Horns, the Van Dusens, the luncheons, the committee meetings, and you, you were there flattering them, kowtowing to them, begging them. It's got to be done. Oh, Henry, if you could see your poor, harassed face. Well, you haven't done very much to help it. Wait. Yes, Miss Cassaway, what is it? Uh, Mr. Trevor on the phone, Bishop. He says it's urgent. Tell him the Bishop will call him back, please. Yes, Mrs. Brown. 
Henry, what's happened to you? What's happened to us and our marriage? We used to have such fun, you and Debbie and I. We used to be happy. We used to make other people happy. Oh, Henry, that was your gift. You're no financier and you're not a promoter. Julia, you can't see beyond the end of your nose. I want this cathedral to stand like a great beacon. I want its light to shine. Oh, never mind, Henry, never mind. Keep that for your next committee meeting. Right before Christmas, Henry becomes desperate and prays for guidance. And what appears in answer to his prayer? Cary Grant in a well-cut suit reporting for work as the bishop's assistant. Oh, I see that Mrs. George B. Hamilton has pledged $1 million but has not yet sent her check. Never mind those cards. That's work for a bookkeeper, not an angel. Work for a bookkeeper. Uh Aha. So, you're beginning to believe in me, huh? Well, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from or who it was that sent you. Whatever it was, I just wish you'd make haste. There's no time to lose. Because the cathedral must be built? Well, obviously, that's the most important thing. Or because Julia must be happy. You know, Henry, it's going to be difficult for me to help you until I'm sure what it is you really want. Well, I got the... the, the, the... Would you mind... Would you mind telling me what you intend to do now? Um, this card index file is in an awful mess. Think I'll reorganize it. I still think you're wasting your time on unimportant details. Ah, nothing's unimportant. Remember, we are interested even in the lowliest sparrow. Cary Grant announces himself as Dudley, the angel, but he's most interested in helping kind, long-suffering Julia because he recognizes that she's a linchpin in her family and the community. If her marriage to Henry is strong, then the congregation will be taken care of. Dudley listens to her and cares about what she wants. Wow, he is an angel. Do you think she'll get hurt? Probably, but she'll love it. May I? Surely. Dudley, Hmm? what are you doing out here? I'm just admiring the scenery. But aren't you supposed to be working? I always take a walk before lunch. Good idea, relaxing, you know. Oh, I wish you could persuade Henry to do that. I'll try. Oh, uh, by the way, I told Miss Cassaway to go home, and I told Delia not to bother to bring me anything on the tray. Oh, well, what will you do about lunch? I thought I'd go to Michelle's. Ever heard of it? Michelle's? Oh, it's a lovely place. We used to go there. That was years ago. Well, uh, how about you and I going there today? You and... Uh, to Michelle? Oh, no, no, I couldn't. Why not? Well, Surely you don't think Henry would mind. Well, I'd explain to him that we just... Oh, uh, no, 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 it isn't that, but... Well, you see, Matilda's off Christmas shopping, and so I have to look after Debbie. Well, here's Matilda now. If you wish... Oh, hello. Hello. If you wish, I'll take Debbie home, Mrs. Brown. But, Matilda, you're shopping it. Oh, I finished it. I finished it so quick, it was just like a miracle. When Henry abandons plans for a long overdue date with Julia... Dudley steps in and takes her to her favorite restaurant, one that Henry used to take her to when he was paying attention to her. Uh-oh. I know so little about myself. Really? Now look at your hand. Oh, can you do that too? It's not too difficult. Yeah, I suppose you can read the future. 
within limits. He's holding your hand. Well, what do you see? Well, I never noticed. Your eyes are green. I see a great deal of happiness. I see a woman who's adored. I see a rich, full life. Do you see Henry's new cathedral? Uh, no, it's not very clear. There's kind of a fuzziness about that. And Debbie? No need to worry about her. Just thinking. The world changes, but two things remain constant. What? Youth and beauty. Now, they're really one and the same thing. Yes. The trouble is people grow old. Not everybody. The only people who grow old were born old to begin with. You were born young. You'll remain that way. Oh, I wish I could believe you. You may. You haven't looked at my hand once. I, I, I never know what to think of you, Dudley. I never know whether you're joking or serious. I'm most serious when I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, Cary Grant is the angel here. So he's all unflappable ease, elegance, and charm as he does his good deeds. He has all the time in the world. He's not in a hurry because he understands what's important and focuses on that relentlessly. Everyone falls in love with him because he makes everyone feel supported and good. Well, except the bishop. Dudley, this has been the most wonderful evening I've had in years. This has been the most wonderful evening I've had in centuries. <laughs> I hope I haven't left the key. <laughs> oh, oh. I hear this. Open. <laughs> Thank you. Well, hello, Queenie. Hello, Queenie. How are you? Can I help you? Yes, please. Oh, you got my shoe. Hello, Henry. Well, Henry, what happened to you? I thought you were going to meet us at St. Timothy's. What happened to you? It's very late. Oh, thank you. You'll never guess. We went skating. <laughs> there you are. Well, see you in a minute, Henry. Right. Skating? Yes. Dudley's the most marvelous skater. Oh, he even made me imagine that I was good. Oh, Henry, you should have heard those boys sing at St. Timothy's. It was absolutely heavenly. I'm sure of that. Did you have a successful meeting with Mrs. Hamilton? Oh, yes, did you? Satisfactory? Good. Oh, dear, I want to see Debbie before she goes to sleep. Oh, you haven't said a word about it. About what? My hat, my new hat. Oh, what do you think? Charming. Oh, thank you. I'll be right down. There's one thing I know about this. Julia is absolutely blameless. Of course she is. You deliberately stopped me from joining you. Julia had a very good time. Well, I didn't. Hmm. If you'd sent me to represent you with Mrs. Hamilton, I would have gone. You didn't, so I represented you with your wife. Is that part of the normal duties of an... Of an angel? Sometimes, Henry. Angels must rush in where fools fear to tread. I haven't the faintest idea what that means, and I don't want it to explain to me. Dudley, you can go now. I've solved my problem. Have you? Mrs. Hamilton is giving the money for the cathedral. Oh, well, that was a foregone conclusion. If you were willing to make a slight sacrifice of your principles. Oh, don't you think it's worth it for this, this, this glorious edifice? I'm not so sure of its glory at a time like this. Oh, you're not. 
No, Henry, I'm not. Hmm. You know, these are lean years for the world. So many people need food. So many people need shelter. That, uh, that big roof could make so many little roofs. But we're dealing with a materialistic, selfish woman. She wouldn't listen to talk like that. Did you try? It's all arranged. It's finished. You came here so that I could have a cathedral. Well, I've got a cathedral and now I want you to go. I want you to get out of my house and out of my life and away from Julia. Suppose you pray for that. It was your prayer that brought me here. was no prayer. It was right from my heart. I want you to go. Julia doesn't. Julia. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Julia's just about ready to come down the stairs. Now, don't let her see you like that. Try to calm yourself, Henry. Henry starts to come out of his egotistical shell and gets a brainwave, and he visits his old friend, the professor, who lives on the wrong side of town, to get a little wake-up call. Hello, Professor. Henry! Come in, my dear fellow, come in. Sit down, Henry. Let me take your coat. No, thanks. Oh, no, not there. Here. This is the only reliable chair. Well, this is a surprise and an honor. We must have a glass of sherry. No, thank you. Oh, but I insist. I want to show you something. You see this bottle? You note that it is full? Now watch. This is something that you, even you can't explain with all your vast ecclesiastical knowledge. You will observe that it is still full. Now, how do you account for that? And what's more, the sherry itself. It stimulates, it warms, it inspires, but no matter how much you drink, it never inebriates. I think I can account for it. Dudley has been here. Yes. And that bottle isn't all. He told me some things about history that opened my eyes. And today, I went up to the university library and I looked into some ancient texts which no living scholar has been able to decipher. And suddenly, I found that I could understand them. And look. This is what I've done, thanks to Dudley. My history, I'm actually writing it. Let's face it, Henry. This Dudley is no mortal man like the rest of us. Is he? How did you know? Well, I can't tell. Who is he? What is he? He says he's an angel. An angel? That's funny. Nothing stopped me from saying it that time. From heaven? That I'm not sure about. An angel. Too bad. He's such a nice fellow. I suppose I should have known it. Nothing less than an angel could have put me to work. I'm glad he'd done some good for somebody. He brought nothing but disaster for me. That's absurd. He and Julia were in here the other day, and she seemed happier than she's been in years. In fact, quite like her old, delightful self. She's a different person when she's with him. He's made her despise me. Are you sure he has done that? You think it's all my own fault? I didn't say that, Henry. This whole thing is a mystery beyond my powers of comprehension. Oh, I suppose I am to blame for everything. I asked for this in more ways than one. I suppose that Dudley came to me just to confirm that I'd already lost the love of Julia and Debbie. I've got a confession to make to you, my old friend. You sent me a coin. That was very generous of you. 
I was mean enough only to see its commercial value. Now it's gone. I don't know what's happened to it. Well, I do. Here it is. Oh, here it is. Where did you find it? Oh, don't tell me. Yes. And what's more, he told me what it is. A museum piece worth a fortune. No, I insist you keep it. Well, give it to Julia as my Christmas present. Who knows? It might bring luck to you both. You know, Henry, it seems strange. I mean, you being a bishop and I a broken-down old scholar. But I feel terribly sorry for you. I wish there was something I could do to help. Well, thank you, but there's nothing to be done. But there must be. You and Julia love each other. You always have. It's only partially true. I love Julia. Well, then why don't you fight for her? Fight? How can I fight against... But you have a tremendous advantage over him. Advantage? Over an angel? That's precisely it. He's an angel. Julia is a creature of Earth. She's a woman, Henry. And you are a man. Each character in this story learns, with Dudley's help, of course, that the power to create satisfying lives and relationships is within themselves and through generous connection with others. Except Julia. She always knew that, and Dudley tells her so in a most emotional scene when he asks her to keep him by her side in the earthly realm. Forget Henry, Julia. Go with the angel Cary Grant. Yes, it's a spiritual test, but... Cary Grant is begging for love from a mere mortal. The Bishop's Wife was written by the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright Robert E. Sherwood. He also won an Oscar for one of my other favorite movies of all time, The Best Years of Our Lives. His script is often poetic, deep, and revealing, but also funny and charming, thanks to the direction and the performances. Every person who comes into contact with Dudley the Angel in this story has their life changed, and then, in turn, changes the life of somebody else in the community. Cary Grant as Dudley reminds us that angelic forces are everywhere. They come when they are called in faith and leave as soon as we are back on our feet with no memory that they were ever there. That's the magic. It's a story of faith in the power of God, the universe, intention, a higher power, or whatever you might call it, and that faith producing exactly the kind of help you need, not necessarily the kind you want, which is the ultimate gift. It's a message full of kindness and hope, warmth, romance, and joy, and it's what I wish for each one of you. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend about it or share this episode. For more information and show notes, visit confessionsofaclosetromantic.com. Whether you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, or special days on the Muslim lunar calendar, or celebrate All Day in Jammies Day, wherever you are in the world, I wish you all a beautiful, peaceful holiday season.